Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome and thank you for joining the ride. And if this isn't your first time listening to the show, thank you for continuing on this journey with me. So in this episode, we got I got your news and gossip-ish. And then I also have a Black History Month highlight and I'm going to talk about Sweet Georgia Brown. Um, and I also have the Royal Rumble recap and reactions to everything because there's been so much that has happened, so much history that's been made from this Royal Rumble, and I want to discuss it and share my feelings about all of it. So sit back, relax, and listen to this episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. All right, so now we got your news and gossipish, and there's a lot of stuff to cover that's happened this week. So we're going to start from um, talking about Bad Bunny, um, who's rumored to be training for an in-ring debut. So if you've seen the Royal Rumble, or even like, yeah, if you've seen the Royal Rumble, you saw Bad Bunny did a performance of his new song, Booker T, with Booker T sort of standing there like a statue, and then doing his whole, can you dig it, sucker, thing in the song, right? So there was a backstage segment during the Royal Rumble that he had with the Miz and John Morrison who was trying to get him on their team or whatever, but he was like, no, thank you. And they didn't take it well because they are brats. So, <laughs> so then he came out there to start some mess with them. Bad Bunny came out there to um, get at them because the Miz had came out during his Royal Rumble entrance and tore up Bad Bunny's DJ table. And so Bad Bunny came out there to fight him and he basically like jumped on them and did a splash from like the top rope. And I thought that was really cool because a lot of people think, oh, they're just going to do a performance and then just leave. No, like Bad Bunny is out here living his best life and his dream um, because he had always been a wrestler fan. And if you listen to him, you know, he's a, he's more of a Latin, um, Latin rap artist. In his songs, he does make mentions of different wrestlers like Booker T, like in his song Booker T. And um, he even made mention of Eddie Guerrero in the song that he that he was featured on with cardi b um and j balvin with i like it so he really is a wrestling fan um so 
it's rumored that he might be training for an in-ring debut. Um, this is according to Mike Johnson of PWIinsider.com, and that the proposed match will be against the Miz and John Morrison, even though there's no timetable um, for when it might happen. So um, it's also assumed that maybe his tag team partner would be Damian Priest, who did make his main roster debut during the Royal Rumble, and he's on Monday Night Raw now, which is great. And there was a backstage segment of them, you know, talking to each other, you know, in Spanish, because, of course, you know, Damian Priest is Puerto Rican, if you didn't know. So that was really cool, you know, to see that type of representation. And it's also a cool thing because, you know, he's um, such a huge star in the Latin community, and he has pop culture credentials you know you see him in commercials for different things and stuff like that so I mean that's amazing and it also proves my point that rap and wrestling can go together but you know we're not gonna sit there and brag about that you know for the next 10 minutes so (laughs) yeah also in the news we have an update on Chelsea Green and her health so she made her main roster debut on Smackdown about maybe a month ago or two months ago and during her match um to qualify for a survivor series she fell and then broke her wrist so sean ross sap of fightful basically reported that she's going through the the process of getting cleared um and i'm really glad she's getting cleared because i feel like um there um there is always a need for new female superstars so i'm really excited that she is getting cleared and doing you know and getting ready to basically you know take wrestling by storm because she was in wwe and she left and then went to impact and became an uh, a knockout champion and all of that and then she had her hot mess character and then she went back to nxt as part of the robert stone brand and she left him and then she was gone for a minute and then she made her debut on smackdown only to get injured so i would be intrigued to see her in a feud with carmella because that would be cool so yeah um best of wishes to chelsea green um also in the news we have edge reacting to what the undertaker said about um the locker room in this day and age being soft so as you may or may not know edge um entered at number one in the royal rumble for the men and he actually went on to win so he was asked um on the joe rogan experience you know about what the undertaker said about the product being kind of soft and that there's too much pretty and not enough substance and edge went on to disagree by saying um and i quote i think any comment can be taken out of context and i think that and i think that's part of what happened there in a three-hour interview i think they took most of the salacious 22nd clip i think anybody whoever steps into the wrestling ring no matter what era whether it be in the 1940s whether it be in the 2020s are all tough and he went on to praise today's wrestlers for being able to balance, you know, being a professional wrestler and handling everything that comes along with social media. He also said, all got into this because they love it for the most part. And there's different challenges that come with every era, decade, and incarnation of what this business becomes. We didn't have the challenge that is social media. Now it's a great outlet in order to get your product out there in order to make your brand bigger. But there's also a whole lot of hiccups and possible bumps on the road that come along with that that's a challenge we didn't have to navigate we just had to worry about getting to the building and producing now the cameras never stop rolling now every aspect of your life 
um, is under a microscope. That's an entirely different challenge than we ever encountered. It's just different is all. To me, anybody who ever steps foot in there is badass. Forgive me for cursing. But that's what he said. So it's pretty clear that he doesn't feel the way that The Undertaker felt about the product being soft. And it's like I said, you know, wrestling, you know, in my last episode, wrestling is very different than um, what it once was. And you can't expect everything to be the way it was because, you know, you were like Undertaker's main um, prime was during the 90s and this is the 2020. So there's still so much and so much evolving that wrestling has to do. And anybody who goes into that ring knows that they're not just doing it, you know, just to play um games or going in there to be an athlete and yes you know there's a social media hype around it and yes there's the whole character point behind it that's also very strong as well but all of it is meant for you know a positive purpose so i'm glad that edge is actually taking the initiative to be you know positive and uplift the um wrestlers um who are there now as opposed to tearing them down like a lot of legends have tended to do in the past couple of weeks so i'm really glad for him and the fact that he's giving them rubs on the show um because he's been featured on raw smackdown and nxt this week since he's won a royal rumble so it's clear that he's here to beef them up as opposed to you know as opposed to tearing them down and going into business for himself so kudos to edge so also in the news, we have Rey Mysterio who signed a new deal with the WWE. Um, so basically, he turned 46 this December, but he confirmed to Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrazzo that he signed a new contract. Um, and he said, we never made the signing of my new deal public, but there's definitely going to be more time to see Rey Mysterio in WWE. I'm going to keep wrestling at least until Father Time catches up and says it's time to go. And also, it's really cool to see him, you know, stand next to his son who's finding his way as a wrestler and finding his identity as a wrestler as well. Because also, coolly enough, I'm going to talk about him more in the Royal Rumble segment of the show, but his son eliminated King Corbin in the Royal Rumble, and I thought that was cool. So I'm always glad to see Rey Mysterio because he's in really good shape to continue wrestling. You know, he's one of the goats of Lucha Libre, so I'm really happy to still see him there. Um and there's more stories to tell so as long as he doesn't fight um seth rollins again that's all i care about um <laughs> also in the news we have um the somewhat unfortunate um firing or release of lars sullivan and steve cutler um steve cutler used to be in the tag team the forgotten sons and then he was in um the knight's of the lone wolf with king corbin but then somehow or another they disappeared and we hadn't seen them since but steve cutler admitted on twitter and said that he got released on um, february the 4th he said unfortunately today i was released it was shocking to say the least but i am excited about the future and all the possibilities in front of me thank you for your continued support 90 days the countdown begins now it's not now we don't know exactly what the countdown means but I'm glad that he's sort of, you know, finding a new thing to do. We don't know what this new thing is, but I hope that he, I hope, I wish him the best, you know, in whatever it is that he tries to do. Um, so, also, we had, we found out that Lars Sullivan had been quietly released 
um because at first they were trying really hard to push him on smackdown but the thing is anytime there was a moment in which it seemed like they were pushing him there was something outside of the ring that would get in his way whether it be whether it be him dealing with anxiety or him dealing with some type of depression or him dealing with um stuff coming out about him online being homophobic while also at the same time being exposed as someone who did um weird things with on videos and (laughs) i hate to put it like that but that's just what it was and with him possibly you know spreading racist rhetoric online as well um he just had a lot of hooks and crooks to deal with outside of the ring and i guess they decided they didn't want to deal with it anymore um it's like they were trying to push him this last time and it just didn't truly work and it wasn't truly resonating with people so yeah goodbye Lars Sullivan enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Deuces. Um, and also in the news... We have the unfortunate passing of Butch Reed, um, Hacksaw Butch Reed. Um, It was announced on his Instagram account with a picture of him with a title. Um, Whoever's in charge of his social media wrote, To everyone who reached out, God bless you. Today we lost a great man due to heart complications. Bruce Butch Reed passed away. Butch is in heaven now with the wrestling gods. I'm sure he is already booked for a heavyweight championship match. Once again, thank you for all the prayers. We will keep this page going in his memory. For funeral arrangements, send me a DM for information if you would like to attend. God bless everyone and God bless in heaven. Hackshaw, um, Butch Reed. Um, and also, it was, it was, he was, he passed away at the age of 66. And it seemed that he had two heart attacks, which is um a very rough thing to deal with i know because someone close to my life has actually suffered with those um but survived but it's really unfortunate um and i hope and wish the best for his family send healing energy and prayers and all kinds of thoughts and well wishes to his family and his um colleagues who worked with him um him and ron simmons i know were in a tag team where teddy long was also their manager in wcw so 
I'm definitely sending healing and positive energy towards them as well. Also in the news, um, we had um, Parker Boudreaux, who has been revealed to have signed with the WWE, and he's endorsed by Paul Heyman, and he used to be a um, football player for the University of Central Florida, and he quit the team to pursue pro wrestling, and he signed a developmental deal and did a publicity photo with him at a Royal Rumble party with Eva Marie, who used to work for the WWE, you know, Miss All Red Everything, who was on Total Divas and then transitioned into wrestling, and nobody took her seriously up to that point, and then she never got to the point where she really had like a match match, but every time she got into a match, everybody was booing the crap out of her. Um, so he missed last season in central Florida. Um, he was a starting right guard in 2019 and he missed last season due to a concussion, but he was to come back this year, um, in his senior year, but he was also seen backstage at the, um, January 20th NXT television tapings. So he's six foot four and he played the line at 301 pounds and Paul Heyman has lauded him as possibly the next big thing, which is funny because that's the same thing he used to call Brock Lesnar in the early 2000s. So there's no word on what this exactly means, but I, you know, it's always cool when NXT, you know, can sign different athletes from different places, you know, who are definitely homegrown in that performance center thing. Um, so I look forward to seeing him do really big things, you know, if he commits to it truly. So that's going to be cool. Now, we don't know what Eva Marie is going to do or what that even means, because there was a huge rumor mill that maybe she was going to come back. But who knows? So, yeah, congratulations to Parker. And also um, in the news, Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champion, is going to be the honorary starter for the Daytona 500 on Sunday, February 14th, a.k.a. Valentine's Day. So that's going to be cool. She's doing more um, crossover appeal things into different sports um, um, with Fox Sports. And of course, her and her Star Wars um, star making turn as Cosca Reeves, the Mandalorian. So congratulations to her. And she also got in the face of Bianca Belair last night, you know, so we're still pushing for Bianca versus Sasha. Anyway, <laughs> so that is what's going on. And also in the news, we have a former WWE superstar who was um, known as Tyler Rex, um, but is now known as Gabby Tuft. And she came out as transgender. So um, it was reported by NBC News and they said that former World Wrestling Entertainment superstar Gabby Tuff said she left the house and walked with her head held high for the first time Thursday as she came out as transgender. And she cried when she recalled the moment. She said, I felt so happy. My hair wasn't in my face and I wasn't clenching my fists and hiding my nails. It just felt so amazing. Um, and she announced it on um, Instagram and she said, this is me, unashamed, unabashedly me. This is the side of me that has hidden in the shadows, afraid and fearful of what the world would think, afraid of what my family, friends, and followers would say or do. I am no longer afraid and I am no longer fearful. I can now say with confidence that I love myself for who, in all caps, I am. So she wrestled um, from 2007 to 2014. Um... And she retired from wrestling to spend more time with her wife, Priscilla, and their daughter and began a career as a fitness coach and motivational speaker. 
Um, but she also said that her mental health suffered, you know, in the midst of her career success and said that the previous eight months have been some of the darkest of her entire life and that she was even struggling um, with suicidal thoughts. And even though she was preaching, you know, never care what people think and go be yourself. It's like when it came to be her turn, you know, it was so much more difficult than she ever imagined. So congratulations to her. I'm always happy when someone decides to live their full truth and decides to be who exactly who they are inside. So if she um, can walk out in the world with her head held high, then that is all that truly matters. So congratulations to Gabby, and I hope she continues to live a fulfilled life. So that's all for news and gossipish. And now we're going to talk about um, a Black history highlight, um, and we're going to be highlighting and giving our flowers to sweet Georgia Brown. Okay, so I was sitting with my friends one day and they asked me, Stephanie, how do you record your podcast? And I said, with the Anchor app on my phone. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. And it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. They even have classes and stuff that you can listen to that will give you all kinds of good tips on what you need to do in order to make the best podcast. So if you want to do this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Okay, so since this is Black History Month and this is my wrestling podcast, I wanted to use my platform to highlight um, black wrestlers who helped pave the way for black wrestlers now today. So I'm going to be talking about Sweet Georgia Brown, whose real name was actually Susie Mae McCoy. So I cannot wait to talk about her. This is going to be really cool. Um, so Susie Mae McCoy was originally from South Carolina and she was 19 years old um, when she started training with the fabulous Moolah and her then husband, Buddy Lee in 1957. And I know that even though the fabulous Moolah had a very controversial start, which I will get into in this segment, um, she was one of the biggest female stars in America at that time. And she had a stranglehold on booking women within the NWA and other territories following the decline of Billy Wolf's monopoly. So she was renamed as Sweet Georgia Brown and she made and Sweet Georgia Brown made her pro wrestling debut a year later in 1958 at the age of 20. And she was the fabulous Moolah's first black student in her school and Moolah and Lee had high hopes for the emerging fad. Um, and I hate to call it that, but to them, it was a fad in pro wrestling Negro women wrestlers. But despite her fame and rise on the women's wrestling circuit, Sweet Georgia Brown lived in fear for much of her career due to the rampant racism of the South. And at some venues, she was smuggled in the trunk of a car so that so that the Ku Klux Klan and other extremists wouldn't be tipped off to a black woman entering arenas or hotel rooms. But it was seemingly that the terror, the most of the terror was from the people who she trusted to teach her um, the wrestling. And it was from Moolah and Buddy Lee themselves. They would take a whopping 25% of their booking fees off the top, sometimes even more. 
Um, leaving the wrestlers with barely enough to survive. And in order to secure better booking for herself, she would systematically prostitute her trainees to other promoters, even wrestlers, and even Miss Sweet Georgia Brown wasn't immune to these practices. And it's really sad, you know, when you think of what these women had to do in order to make themselves, make a name for themselves, you know, in the name of, like, and to make a name of themselves in wrestling, but then having to deal with a teacher who you you know probably confided in or whatever and then it's like they're claiming to be one way but then they're actually underhanded in another way it's just terrible um but in october of 1963 sweet george brown beat nell stewart for the nwa texas women's title becoming the first black woman to win a singles title and even though it wasn't a world's title it was still a major singles title in one of nwa's largest territories so she basically paved the way for people like naomi to go on and win the smackdown women's title at a wrestlemania becoming the first black woman to do so and definitely for bianca belair who i'll get into later on um in this in this in this episode um for winning the royal rumble and for sasha banks to win you know the raw women's title and all the other titles that she's collectively won and being a grand slam champion so sadly um she retired from wrestling in 1972 and she passed away um from breast cancer in 1989 at the age of 51 so here on the hardy wrestling podcast i am really grateful um for sweet georgia brown and all of her um accomplishments um as a black female wrestler and how she's paved the way for people um like the like the wrestlers that I have mentioned also for the likes of Jacqueline and Jazz and so many others like Big Swole and Red Velvet and so many others as well. And I hope that we can continue to be to break doors down for black women in wrestling and black men in wrestling and all of the and every other person of color in wrestling. So um, during the month of February, I will be doing more um, highlights of historic black wrestlers and also people who make history even now and today because history is always happening um and we never stop improving and never stop showing our excellence here so um i'll probably make an announcement of who i'm going to do next week but for now let's just celebrate our accomplishments this month and every month and just continue to love ourselves and love our heritage and our culture in the world of wrestling and in also wrestling podcasting and content creating and that's the end of this segment now i'm going to go to our royal rumble recap and reactions Right, so now I'm going to talk about the Royal Rumble 2021 and all of its amazing splendor. Um, so like usual, I'm going to start with the women and I'm going to start with the tag team match um, for the women's tag team titles that was on the pre-show. And a lot of people were kind of mad about that, but it made sense to me because um, if you're going to put a women's match before, you know, a lot of three out of the four women in that match were participating in the Royal Rumble later on that night. So they needed to sort of you know, take some time to condition themselves for that. So it made sense for them to put it, you know, after, well, before the show itself. So it made sense. So this is for the women's tag team titles. It was between Oscar, it was um, between Oscar and Charlotte versus Nia Jax and Shanna Baszler. So this match was pretty good. Um, but I feel like the worst part about it was just the fact that, um, Ric Flair and Lacey Evans reared in their ugly heads to like distract Charlotte and um there was even this sick spot in the match where ooh, excuse me where Charlotte 
um, hit her famous moonsault from the top rope and it was really cool. But I really just really hated how Naya and Shayna threw Asuka out and we didn't see her anymore because she went behind the announce table. Um, and then Lacey came out and then Rick actually gave her like some type of knuckle buster thing to hit Charlotte in the head with when she was trying to um do the um she when she was trying to do the figure eight and then all of a sudden you know she hits Lacey hits her in the head and then they basically take advantage and then Shayna and Nia wind up winning the women's tag team titles back and I think the thing that irritated me about this entire feud is just the fact that Nia and Shayna were just talking about how they just can't stand each other, but yet and still they want to still partner up and win the tag titles back. And yeah, they did, but it was due to the to the underhanded assist from Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. And I think the worst part, even though it's still intriguing, I still think the worst part about the Ric Flair Charlotte Flair. Um, Lacey Evans feud is just the fact that you willingly see Ric Flair screw his daughter over all for what a girl who's like who could very well still be your daughter at the same time like it's so gross like really but you know sometimes in some cases sometimes a lot of the best people in life did not have the best parents so it's kind of becoming clear even though I know that this is just you know kayfabe it still kind of sucks to see, you know, a dad, you know, sabotaging his own child, you know, um, consistently all for the sake of having this pretty blonde on his arm. Plus, it's also weird because of the fact that we know Ric Flair's wife is actually Wendy and well, Miss Wendy. And then Lacey actually has a husband and a child that we've seen on television multiple times. So it's just kind of like, whose idea was this? <laughs> it's just kind of trashy and I don't like it but I am but something that did happen later on in the women's Royal Rumble match is the fact that Charlotte was telling everybody to move out of the way so she could face Lacey Evans herself but I believe somewhere down the line Lacey Evans wind up getting eliminated by somebody else but it because I really wanted Charlotte to eliminate her and I really wanted Charlotte to beat her up like I'm ready for them to have a one-on-one match like I'm so pumped for it because I'm so sick of her <laughs> so I think that's really the point that they're trying to do I get that they're trying to get under our skin but Jesus like I am tired please Charlotte hand her a butt whooping for me so um so like I said Nia and Shayna are the women's tag team champions again um, but later, but then on Raw this week, you had, um, Lana team up with Naomi, who's, you know, back now, and they actually, um, fought in a match, became the number one contenders for the women's tag team titles. So I'm here for ravishing team, ravishing glow. So that's going to be really cool. So then also with the women, you had Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the SmackDown women's title. And this match was pretty good here again. You had, um, Sasha Banks having and pulling the very best out of Carmella. Carmella has definitely improved and gotten way better with each match. Um, even though, and it makes me so sad to say, it's just like Carmella is getting so much better as an athlete, but yet at the same time, she's still utilizing Reggie, the sommelier. And it's just sort of like, bro, you don't even need him. But you know, she was just trying to be underhanded. And I believe Reggie also got tossed out by the referee when he tried to interfere in the match. And then 
Uh, Carmella was kind of devastated about that, but she still held her own throughout the match. But ultimately, she lost because of that bank statement. You can't, you just can't beat that bank statement. But there was a cool point where Carmella did have her code of silence on Sasha Banks, and it looked like Sasha was going to tap out for just a few seconds. I was like, girl, no, please don't tap out. Please don't tap out. No. So she didn't, and Sasha Banks wound up retaining. So she's still our SmackDown Women's Champion. And then, of course, on SmackDown last night, she got in Bianca Belair's face because Bianca, you know, all, there's a whole lot of, um, like, mystery behind who Bianca is going to choose to face. Whether it's going to be Asuka on Raw or Sasha on SmackDown or maybe even EO on NXT. So, I mean, you know, and then Sasha got in her face and said, you know, you may have a lot of things and you may be the roughest and you may be the strongest, but you're definitely not the best, you know, and if you want to face me, face me, you know, but because you may have all of that, but you still don't have the title. So everyone's really pushing for those two to fight because this will be the first time two black women have faced each other, you know, at a WrestleMania for a mainstream title. So I really hope they do fight. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed and send up hopes and prayers for that. Um, so I'm going to wait to talk about the women's Royal Rumble at the end. So something else that happened. So I'm going to go into the men now. Um, Goldberg and Drew McIntyre, that match was relatively short, um, but it was still better than I was expecting. Um, even though there was really, there's really only so much Goldberg can do in the ring now since he's in his fifties. And it seems like really a lot of the time, the only thing he does during his matches are spears and jackhammers. Um, but Drew McIntyre was able to work around that limited, you know, move set and do what he was, you know, was able to do. There was one point where he missed a Claymore and then um, it looked like Goldberg was going to win, but then he didn't. And then thankfully, Drew McIntyre was able to retain the title. But something that was very telling about it, um, and I said this in a panel um, with Wrestling Wind Down last night, um, shout out to them and their podcast, um, was that there was a sense of finality that came to it because he actually told Drew, you know, you passed the test, you know, you did a good job and all that other stuff. And I thought that was funny, you know, considering he was the one, one of the main ones who was agreeing with The Undertaker with saying that the um, company and everything is soft, but he was telling Drew McIntyre, oh, you passed the test or you did a good job or whatever. Um, so um, on Wrestling Wind Down, they asked um, if I thought that he that Goldberg was going to come back and try and win the Rumble to get another shot at the title. And I told him no, because because of that moment he had with Drew and how final it felt. So I don't know what um, what's next for Goldberg at this point. Hopefully he'll stay far away from a title picture and stop skipping the line. Um, <laughs> and maybe he'll just fight somebody else, like maybe a Big E or maybe, you know, Bobby Lashley, who knows. But either way, you know, just stay away from the title picture. And I'm glad Drew still has it because now he now has to face Sheamus, you know, and his, you know, backstabbing stuff. And he also has to, you know, keep his head on a swivel because he can very well face Edge at WrestleMania or he could be facing the Miz who could very well cash in on either one of those people. So <laughs> there's a lot going on with Drew, but I'm glad he still has a title and that he didn't lose to Goldberg, you know, all for the sake of nostalgia. So yay. Um, also with the men, you had um, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the universal title. And I'm not going to hold you. I was so thrilled with the outcome of the women's Royal Rumble that my brain 
was half in and half out on that match. Like I had blacked out. <laughs> like I, I was so emotional from the women's Royal Rumble and the outcome of that that I barely paid attention like to anything that was happening during the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens match. But the parts that I did pay attention to was still good from a storytelling, you know, aspect. And I was just surprised because Roman Reigns was just acting a complete doggy. Like he hurt a referee and ran him into the pole um, when they were all fighting all outside into the Thunderdome virtual crowd and backstage and everything. And I was just and then he got handcuffed um, to the point to where he possibly couldn't stand. And then the referee was counting. He was almost to 10. But then he got knocked in the head because Roman Reigns pulled him into the, the steel pose. And then. Paul Heyman, you know, the advocate came out and unlocked him from the um the post and then he locked in Kevin Owens in his, you know, in his submission move that he does now and then choked him out and he wound up retaining the universal title. So that wasn't entirely surprising there because, you know, their feud has just been going back and forth and it's, and it looks like it's not going to end because last night on SmackDown Edge, you know, came out, you know, because Roman Reigns, you know, wanted him to come out and acknowledge him as the next challenger, as the challenger that Edge would want to face for the universal title. But then since all Canadians work, work together and stay together, Kevin Owens came and gave him a stunner. And that's where SmackDown went off. So it's looking like this whole Kevin Owens thing might still be going on. I don't know. But yeah, it's just. I feel like it's almost becoming long in the tooth now because it's like it's been in so many ways that Roman has beat him constantly. So I don't know how long they can keep. I don't know how long they're prepared to keep this up. Um, but I do find it intriguing that Seth Rollins did come back in the men's Royal Rumble and he's going to make his return to SmackDown next week. So maybe he'll be the next one to face Roman Reigns, you know, before they get to WrestleMania because it is just February. WrestleMania is in April. So we'll see what happens. Um, so that's going to be cool. So also with the men, you had the men's Royal Rumble match. And Edge and Randy Orton were announced as number one and number two during WWE backstage the Saturday before. So they proceeded to beat each other up <laughs> like they have been doing because, of course, Edge is mad at Randy Orton because Randy Orton put him out of commission, you know, last year after their um, greatest wrestling match ever thing at Backlash. And this match was really good. I enjoyed the men's Royal Rumble match. You know, I enjoyed all the surprises um, I definitely enjoyed seeing the new day, even though Kofi wasn't able to participate because he's not necessarily cleared yet to fight. Um, but the new day getting back together, dressed in their Brody Lee tribute gear was really cool. Um, and I thought it was funny because during my interview with Janelle from HR, shout out to her and the Jobber Tears podcast, she said it was kind of weird seeing, um, Big E. Well, no, it wasn't during our interview. Um, it was during her episode um, on the Job of Tears podcast. She talked about how weird it was seeing Biggie with the New Day again, um, which I did think it was kind of strange, you know, to kind of see them, you know, together again since they've been split up. But that was really cool. And then Damian Priest um, entered the ring. And I thought that was a great surprise because I was wondering who from NXT, you know, would get the 
call up you know from that and i'm glad it was damian priest because he's kind of done everything he possibly can um in nxt at this point so him on raw is definitely a good move so congratulations to him he did a really good job and then carlito came and that was a great surprise for me too because i'm 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 not old but you know when i was a kid you know I didn't like him and actually my family didn't like him either my my mom and my dad hated him and my mom specifically hated him because he used to spit in people's faces with the apple and she feels like um if you spit in my face that's like a killing offense like she will literally hurt you really bad if you ever spit in her face like that is the ultimate sign of disrespect down here so she used to hate carlito but of course you know he had an apple when he made his entrance but he didn't spit in anybody's face thank god because you know if you do that now that's also a killing offense because um the rona is going around and you need to stop spreading germs stay safe people anyway <laughs> that was really cool and then, like I said earlier in News and Gossipage, The Miz came out, which I thought was really surprising, seeing as he's Mr. Money in the Bank. Why are you in the Royal Rumble? Um, he destroyed Bad Bunny's gear on stage, and so he came out, and then Bad Bunny came out, you know, and distracted him and allowed Damian Priest to eliminate Miz and John Morrison. And then Bad Bunny hit them with a dive before Matt Riddle came out. Um, and then Daniel Bryan was after him. And then Kane did come out, too. Um, but online, it seemed like nobody was really, you know, that excited to really see Kane simply because of the fact that he kind of got outed as a person who might have supported something problematic that I won't get into here. So it was just a lot. But it was also funny to see Ricochet because he fought AJ Styles, the AKA the Royal Rumble police to qualify but then he wound up not winning that match but then he wound up still being in it it was just kind of weird and i hated that aj styles came out with omas because my boyfriend kept saying oh aj styles gonna win aj styles gonna win and then omas was eliminating people on behalf of aj styles and that kept irritating me like he and especially when he eliminated big e I was so angry because Biggie was definitely one of my favorites to win. And I was so angry that he eliminated him on his behalf. Like, um, in, in what world is that okay? Like, I really thought that you had to be eliminated from somebody in the match and not somebody from outside. Like, that made me angry. But I guess if someone from the outside can keep you from getting eliminated, then I guess maybe the outside person can eliminate you i don't know it was weird and it just made me mad so that so i'm just ranting about that right now then king corbin came out and he got eliminated by dominic which i thought was a really big move for someone who just started wrestling like on television last year like that was really cool and then bobby lashley came out and eliminated dominic and he also eliminated Damian Priest. But then the Hurricane showed up and I lost my mind when I heard his music because I love Hurricane. Um, Cause he was one of my favorites when I was younger. And plus it's just like, he had the H on his chest and that's my initial, <laughs> that's my um, last initial. So it's just like, I really resonated with him. That was one of the first wrestling t-shirts I ever had where he had um, a cover. It looked like he was on the cover of a comic book. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but he had a t-shirt where it looked like he was on the cover of a comic book and it said, stand back. It's a hurricane coming through. Like I loved him. So to see him in a Royal Rumble match made me so happy because last time I saw him on TV, he was on say yes to the dress with his wife. So <laughs> that was really funny. I really love seeing him, but he got eliminated by Bobby Lashley and Big E. So all the eliminations happened and then Cesaro 
um, was in the match. And he was another one of my favorites who went along with Mustafa Ali, but then he got eliminated later on. And then Cesaro got eliminated. And Braun Strowman came out and he eliminated AJ Styles. Thank God. <sighs> um, and then Seth Rollins eliminated Daniel Bryan. And he was one of my favorites to win too. Um, but then Rollins eliminated Matt Riddle. And then it was really the only ones who were left was Braun Strowman, um, Edge, um, Chris, and Christian and Rollins. And then... Um, basically Seth Rollins eliminated Christian and then Edge and Christian had a really good moment too where they hugged each other and because there was a moment where Christian wasn't clear to wrestle so it was good to see them you know have that little moment which totally reeked of awesomeness that was so sweet um but then Seth Rollins eliminated Christian and Edge threw out Rollins and then Randy Orton who had basically left the ring due to a supposed injury RKO'd Edge and then Edge still wound up eliminating him. So Edge wound up winning the men's Royal Rumble match. And it was funny because they were saying it was 10 years to the day he um, won a Royal Rumble before. So it was really cool to see that, um, to see him, you know, win another Royal Rumble match. And a lot of people, including um, one of my friends, one of my podcasting friends, Sir Wilkins of the Java Tears podcast, who's going to be on the show um, next week. He basically said he felt like Edge was sort of taking the spotlight away from someone younger who could have won and used that opportunity. But he took it back by saying that it looks like Edge is going to use that platform to put on the wrestlers of the present, which is something that a lot of legends don't necessarily do. A lot of legends try to put themselves over, but this isn't what Edge is doing. He's putting over the talent of the present day by going on each show and you know giving them a rub and giving them a handshake and saying hey I see you you remind me of me or I could fight you or I never had the NXT title or something like that so congratulations to Edge so he won so that's cool now to the women and this women's Royal Rumble I'm going to try not to get too emotional talking about it. <sighs> Bailey came out first. Then Naomi came out at number two, which made me really happy because she hadn't been back lately. And she was out, you know, a while, you know, with some sickness. So I'm glad to see her again. And her outfit was killer. There was even a spot where she did a busted challenge. <laughs> she did the busted challenge dance. And I was like, yeah, girl, do it. Um, and then... Bianca Belair came out at number three. She went after Baylor, who she had fought on SmackDown and actually defeated on SmackDown the week before. And there was just a lot of great athleticism on the part of Bianca Belair and Naomi. Um, they were both showing why they are two of the um, premier black female athletes on the main roster right now. Like, that was really incredible. Then Billy Kay came out, but then she decided to sit with the commentary team and sort of watch everybody else fight before she decided to get in on the action. And then Shotzi Blackheart came down in her tank. And even though Billy Kay was trying to get in her face, she shot the... Um, the tank um, missile at her and that was really funny and cute and then Shayna Baszler came out in number six and then she knocked K down on the way to the ring and then Tony Storm came out and I thought that was cool because I'm like yay NXT um 
And she ignored Billy Kay's request to team up, you know, with somebody or whatever. And then Blackheart, Shotzi wound up being the first woman eliminated. And that made me sad because I love her. She's my favorite wrecking ball. Um, but then Jillian Hall made a surprise appearance. And then she came out and started singing her her song, I Know You Want Me, and all that other stuff. And I was just like, Wow. And it was funny because I was watching with my boyfriend and his family and it was a couple people that they didn't necessarily know. And I was just like, yeah, Jillian Hall used to come out there and sing, you know, and all this other stuff. It was just kind of interesting because there was a point where my boyfriend had stopped watching it and they weren't watching it. And then he got right back into it. So for me, it was just kind of like, you know, throwback candy. So <laughs> it was so cool to see her. And then they, she actually teamed up with Billy Kay. And that was really cool. So then Ruby Riot came out next and then she got to work with Billy Kay. And then Victoria came out at number 10. And this here again was more throwback candy because she was one of my favorites and she was one of my dad's favorites too. Like we love Victoria and her feud with Trish Stratus was one of the best female feuds they had during, during that time. I was like, yes, 2000s, stand up 2000s, we're here. Anyway, um, then Peyton Royce came out and then the Iconics reunited, you know, at a certain point. But then Billy Kay was looking like she was kind of hesitant to do the Iconics pose. And Peyton was like, what are you doing? And all this other stuff. And then they tried to take down Victoria. And then Santana Garrett from NXT came out at number 12. And then Liv Morgan came out after her with her beautiful chaps that she had on. And then somebody on social media made a picture saying, made a meme saying, oh, and with legend saying they're just these let these new superstars are so disrespectful but then they had a picture of Liv morgan's outfit with her chaps on which which basically gave Shawn michaels vibes and i'm just like mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> um then we had the riot squad you know eliminate jillian um, but then they also took out Billy Kay too, but then Rhea Ripley came in at number 14 and she was the one that I was the most worried about because I predicted that Bianca Belair was going to win it all. But in my mind, I felt like, bruh, if Rhea Ripley comes here, she might be the one that might wreck my dreams, but we're going to keep going and keep talking about it. And then she threw Tony Storm out and then Baszler eliminated Victoria with a chokehold. And I was like, yeah, dang it. Um, and then Rhea Ripley sent Santana Garrett out and then Charlotte came in at number 15. Then Bailey eliminated Ruby Riot with a power bomb to the floor and then Dana Brooke came in. And then Peyton Royce eliminated um Liv Morgan and then Tori Wilson came in and this led me to thinking, bro, what if Don Marie came in? Because that was like her worst rival ever. And that would make me that would give me all the life. But she didn't. But it's okay. Then Rhea Ripley hit Dana Brooke with a power bomb under the apron to eliminate her just before Ric Flair came out to accompany Lacey Evans. But then just as soon as she got to the ring, Charlotte was like, y'all better move out the way because I'm finna beat her up. And that's exactly what she did. And then Peyton Royce was eliminated by Charlotte. And then Shannon Baszler took out Tori Wilson while Bianca eliminated Bailey. And the cameraman did a horrible job at this, you know, in terms of storytelling, because just last week, Bianca beat Bailey one on one in a match fair and square. And then she eliminated Bailey, but we didn't see that. And I'm just like, 
so who eliminated her like I was looking around kind of lost like what happened but then they said that Bianca you know eliminated her off camera and then they replayed it so I was like okay fine so then Mickey James came out and she was uh, she came out at number 19 and it was good to see her because we really hadn't seen her since the Legends Night Raw and I just need her to get back into the ring and actually fight again because she was doing a really good job until she lost to Oscar in that weird way. And then we hadn't seen her anymore. So I believe she was injured. And then Nikki Cross came out and then it was starting to get crowded again as Alicia Fox joined the match. And I was so happy to see her because I'm just like, yes, Alicia. And then R-Truth came out and thought it was the men's Royal Rumble. And then he had to fight off several people who was chasing him for the 24-7 championship. But then Alicia rolled him up in the ring to win a 24-7 title so I thought that was pretty funny because I mean it's a very kooky thing that happened because Alicia Fox is the kooky one so I thought that was funny then Mandy Rose came out and then she fought with Alicia Fox before throwing her over the top rope and I was hoping that she was going to do a little bit better in this match but it's okay they never let Mandy Rose really shine anymore and I think that's sad then our truth rolled her up to get the title back and dakota kai ran to the ring and began fighting with rhea ripley and then mickey james got eliminated by lacey evans before carmella came out at number 24 and then dakota kai and dana brooke were eliminated by rhea ripley so rhea ripley just kind of went on a tear and then um carmella threw nikki cross out just as tamina came to the ring and then reggie dropped carmella and then caused her to be eliminated so i'm just like you see reggie this is what you get when you get in women's business you never do your job right and then he also got whipped by bianca on smackdown last night so that was really funny and really cool because finally bianca used her braid to whoop somebody on the main roster finally then belair and naomi worked together to avoid elimination and i thought this was a very beautiful part to me because usually you have it where each woman is trying to eliminate each other but as they were trying to eliminate each other and as they saw it couldn't work for the both of them naomi was like girl we gotta work together and so they held hands and lifted each other up and i was like yes and it was so beautiful which was and it was so beautiful to see the unity among the black female superstars as opposed to seeing omas you know eliminating Big E. you know it just irritated me anyway um they work together either way um Lana came out at number 26 looking all kinds of serious in her gold outfit that matched up with Natalia's and that was cute and then Alexa Bliss came out at 27 I was kind of worried about her too because she did just have that raw women's championship match against Asuka and I was thinking oh my god what if they're trying to beef them up and then she wins the rumble that was going to irritate me but then before Alexa Bliss could drop the lights and transform into her fiend alter ego Ripley eliminated her and I thought that was so funny because someone on social media actually said you know that Rhea Ripley has watched enough Dragon Ball Z to know where that was going so she eliminated her and I was like ha ah. so that was funny and then Ember Moon came in and gave an eclipse to Shayna Baszler and then Nia Jax came out in 29 and eliminated Lacey Evans and Ember Moon and then Naomi was taken out by Nia Jax and Baszler because um they were just eliminating people left and right and then they were working together to take and then they worked together to take out Tamina which made me sad because Nia was like but that's my cousin though I can't but then they eliminated her anyway and I'm just like well I guess family wasn't isn't that strong 
Um, and then Shayna threw Shayna Bays. Well, no, Naya threw Shayna Baszler out of the ring before Lana eliminated her. And that was a big moment. And I thought that was payback for all the torture that Nia Jax put Lana through. I was like, ha, you got thrown out by your worst enemy. And then Natalia came out at number 30. And then Jackson Baszler attacked Natty before she even got to the ring and attacked everybody else before they left because they was mad. And then Natty threw Lana out of the ring to bring it down to her, Charlotte, Bianca, and Ripley as the last four. But then Bianca eliminated Natalia. So really the final three were Bianca, Ripley, and freaking Charlotte. And this was a full circle moment for me because just... Um, just last year, around this time, it was this program in NXT involving Rhea Ripley as the NXT Women's Champion, Bianca Belair as the woman who was going to challenge her, and Charlotte as the woman who was going to challenge her as the winner of the Royal Rumble last year. And I'll never forget when Charlotte went to NXT to get in Rhea Ripley's face um, as they were beefing up their match for TakeOver Portland. Um... Charlotte basically got in Rhea Ripley's face and basically forgot about Bianca Belair and said, you know, and as Bianca was saying, you don't even go here. Charlotte was like, this is a conversation for champions and pushed her off to the side and made it seem like she was a non-factor. Well, guess what? She is one. So <laughs> um, they fought hard and then Bianca and Rhea had this amazing spot where they both eliminated Charlotte Flair from the match and they kept dangling at the end you know as they were trying to eliminate each other and then they pushed and they pulled each other back up and a lot of people online were talking a whole lot of crap about how Bianca didn't win because her feet touched her touched the ground no her feet did not touch the ground she was dangling her feet did not touch the ground both feet did not touch the ground she won the match shut up either way um they got back in the ring and they kept hitting each other with all kinds of finishes, which was almost a callback to their match um, at TakeOver Portland. And then as they kept hitting each other, there was a point where Rhea Ripley was on the ropes. Bianca Belair clotheslined her over the top rope and Bianca won the Women's Royal Rumble, making her the first black woman to ever win the Women's Royal Rumble, even though there's only been four winners. And the second black person to ever win a Royal Rumble match next to The Rock in 2000. Y'all, I jumped in the air. I almost cried. Like, I was so happy. I was doing like a worship, like shout dance. Like, y'all, I was so excited for her. She was crying. She was thanking her mom and her dad and her husband, Montez Ford, like, who was backstage watching and gave her a hug and prayed over her after she won. Like, they was crying in each other's arms. It was a whole, whole vibe like I was so happy for her because not only because I predicted it but because I saw like when I first started this podcast I loved Bianca Belair you know from the jump from having seen her in NXT live and seeing her and her athleticism and seeing how she had grown and I always wanted her to be put in this position because this was a woman who was winning contests with their NXT combine and lifting over 400 pounds you know and winning about maybe four or five years in a row this girl faced Shayna Baszler when someone named Sam Roberts was throwing mad shade at her and saying that she wasn't you know ready for this type of thing or talking about how she doesn't deserve this opportunity because this isn't a championship 
championship match and it shouldn't be a championship match because she's just not worthy of this moment and all that other crap. I saw her, you know, come out with all of her black glamour when she came out with the whole black history in the making outfit that she made like and how she was proving herself and then it seemed like she got pushed to the side for the whole charlotte flair rhea ripley thing and how everybody was pushing you know for that triple threat between them but it didn't happen because they were prepping bianca belair to make her main roster debut on at wrestlemania and to be on raw only to get traded to smackdown and only to have the run that she's had with bailey and all of the above like she had has done nothing but get better and better each time and it blesses me because I remember when Naomi had to work twice as hard to even get a title opportunity again because she was in the picture to possibly win the Divas Championship from Paige or from AJ at that time but it was always between Paige and AJ and never between Naomi all the time and you had to wait darn near almost five or six years until she got an opportunity at another title again and it is just and then you have people like Kofi Kingston who had to wait 11 years to get his chance at the world at the WWE championship you know to win it out of Wrestlemania it I've seen so much go on with black wrestlers you know during my time as a wrestling fan and where you've seen people like Shelton Benjamin, who had all the athleticism to go after a, ma a mainstream championship like that, but never had his opportunity. Like where you saw Booker T and him get screwed over out of his opportunity with Triple H. Like, <coughs> it was a miracle seeing somebody like Bianca Belair win this Royal Rumble not only for herself and not only for Knoxville Tennessee where she's from and from her for her parents for her husband and all that but to win it for girls like me where you get disrespected constantly over and over again because people don't think that you know about wrestling or don't think that you know you know what could work and what couldn't work how people you know curse you out and say all kinds of disrespectful things to you as a black female fan and don't think that you know enough or you having to prove that you know just as much if not more than the average white male fan or the average white male um podcasting host and that's no shade to any of the other podcasting hosts who I've you know had the privilege of working with but there's so much that goes into it you know and being a wrestling fan of color and being a woman and because they feel like you don't know what you're talking about and they feel like you only watching it just to drool over the men no baby I've been watching this as a sport since I was four years old before I even knew what drooling over a man even meant so don't you do that and to see somebody like Bianca Belair win with the confidence that she has meant the world to me baby because she has confidence that came at a price baby because if you watch her um chronicle she suffered through depression through eating disorders and not wanting to be here on this planet anymore to make her athletic dreams come true she didn't know that this was even a dream for her or even a possibility for her but she had somebody else see her in her crossfit journey and, and see her as a black woman you know to a black man like Mark Henry, he saw her and saw that she was worthy enough to be a star. And baby, she did that. And she made every opportunity that she was given and, and made it work for her. And she has all this confidence that I wish I had in myself sometimes. And she made it work for her. And now she is up here, you know, being an amazing repre representation for 
black females in wrestling we are here we are taking up space all women of color asian hispanic women all of us are up at native american women transgender women all of us we up in here taking up space and there's nothing you can do about it we are here to stay and if you don't like it well oh well cry about it later but we here bianca belair is here she is our royal rumble winner and i will see it for her and stand for her no, regardless of who she decides to face even though preferably i would prefer if she faced sasha banks because we'll have two black women going for a mainstream women's title for the first time ever i hope she faces her because i can deal with black comic-con versus the hbcu homecoming as somebody said online on facebook this week i'm here for it let's do it because it is about time that we hit that we stand up and take our rightful place in wrestling and that's all i got to say about that baby we here and we here boo we here this is our time and it's full circle because last year i was talking about how bianca belair was making black history in the making and she made it this year it's full circle baby we up in here and that's it and that's the end of this segment <laughs> that's the end of this royal rumble segment y'all i'm through All right, so <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and follow me on Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod. You can listen to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast for free on the Anchor app. You can listen to it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you can get your podcasts. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday, um, today's saturday but if you're listening to this on monday monday will mark one year um since the hardy wrestling podcast was created and founded um so this is me taking this time out to thank each and every person who's ever supported my show ever bought my you know the first run of my t-shirts um who's ever listened to my show ever interviewed on my show and all the above Thank you so much. Like when I started this show, like I was in a transition period in my life where um, nothing was making sense. Like I lost my job, like creatively, I just had so much I wanted to say emotionally. There was so much I wanted to do. So this podcast was a means of me doing it. And in, in terms of talking about something I love, and it was right around Royal Rumble time where I had my first episode, which was called Random Girl Random Podcast, because I didn't think anybody would want to listen to somebody like me because usually when you see people with podcasts, they be famous people or people who know a lot about a certain thing who are like experts in their field or whatever. I'm just an ordinary girl who works a full time job and has other interests outside of wrestling that goes into self-help and I go to church all the time and I love music and stuff like that. And I love to read. So I didn't think anybody really wanted to listen to me talk about wrestling. But over the course of the year, it's clear that there is a place for my voice. And I've learned the value of it um, and the value of making space, you know, for wrestlers and other professionals in wrestling and podcasters, you know, to be on their show and tell their stories. And I enjoy doing it so very much. And I'm just so grateful um, for the wrestling family that I've created, you know, 
from this platform and I'm excited for what's to come. So thank you so much for supporting the show um, throughout this whole year. And I'm really grateful for everyone who has helped me and given me great ideas. But I want to send a special, special thank you to um, the higher power in my life. Um, God, thank you so much um, for giving me the courage and the creativity to even you know, try this. And I want to send a special thank you to my parents for believing in me, even when they weren't exactly sure what a podcast truly was. Um, they were still grateful. They were still um, supportive in that. And I definitely want to send a special thank you to Najakwin McCoy, um, my boyfriend and the love of my life, who has given me such great ideas and, you know, inspired me to keep going in the moments or the one major moment where I did, you know, consider quitting. Um, And for also being a guest on my show, even when he didn't want to, because he's an introvert (laughs) Um, on the Love 20 episode. Thank you so much for that. There is nothing I can do to repay you um, for everything that you've done for my life, even before the podcast. But hopefully this is a start into it. I just thank you and I love you so much. And I'm grateful for your presence in my life. Um, And I just thank each and every person who's ever helped me whenever I've messaged them or DM them or had a question about anything. Um, and for other podcasters who've just done an amazing job and allowed me to even come on their show and talk wrestling and stuff. Um, so I'm just really grateful for this journey. And I'm grateful for all of you for even joining me on this journey as well. So until next time, um, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Um, until next time. Bye, y'all. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.